we've never yeah. let no audience keep us from recording in the past. Yeah. And we've got two. This is we've actually oh. done for less than this. Yeah. This is like sorry, my, I'm sorry my stunning star power didn't draw in more <laughs> more of an audience. Look, side. I brought somebody. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> she didn't pay though. <laughs> no, I, please, please don't. If you did, we'll give you money back. <laughs> just get me a mug, Nick. That sounds good. Uh, ex-girlfriends in the house, just like pump your fists. <laughs> yeah. All right, that sounds great. Uh, All right, here we go. Ready to start? So we're doing this to no one, right? Correct. That's okay. There's two. You roughly 24 to 92 hours. Insulting to the person you brought. Team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live Live studio studio audience audience. in a show called Stab. Stab. What a polite crowd here tonight. Oh, thank you for... Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you, person, for coming out. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know, if you guys ever who are listening want to come down and see a live stab, a live taping of Stab, uh, be part of our live studio audience down here at 1710 Broadway, Sacramento, California. Show starts around 10, 1030-ish. It's 11 now. Uh, so let's get the show started. Uh, are you ready to meet your contestants? Jamie Fernandez, Nick Magavern, Jesse Jones. I'm your host, John Morris Ross IV. Yeah, I have a lot of kids. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was abrupt. Yeah, that's how we. That's how we do it. Hi. Hey. Dude, I just want to talk to Nick Magavern. Hi. <laughs> I don't want to talk. By the way, I'm Jamie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Very good. This is, yeah. What if you guys got married a year from now? No. <laughs> I would be, be on tape. We have to wait that long. <laughs> I know. I'm ready now. Are you? No? Jamie's right. pregnant. So. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Congratulations. All right. That's how potent McGavern. You can. You can. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Nick, am I saying your last name correctly? You had it right last time. Um, I, I don't know. You sort of hit the first syllable a little too hard, I think. Magavern? Right. It's Mugavern. Mugavern. Yeah. All right. Mugavern. I, I'm tempted to say Mickavern. That's probably what it was uh, in the, the old countries. And then your great-grandparents got ashamed? Right. Okay. <laughs> Let's change it to Mugavern. I would never take that name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's going to be hyphenated. Just, just so you know. Did you say there's going to be a knife fight? No, I said she's going to be hyphenated. Oh, okay. <laughs> At best. Fernandez McGaver. <laughs> <laughs> just be as ethnic uh, as you can. I made myself laugh. <laughs> I think, yeah, then you give be like a news anchor. <laughs> I'm Fernandez McGaver. <laughs> <laughs> right. Reporting live from Dakar. <laughs> Anyway, bad week for journalists. Anyway, let's. Uh, oh, let's am I right? People <laughs> murdered Saudis? Okay. Okay. Yes. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> let's play stab. There it is. Let's play stab. Let's do stab? Okay. 
Uh, please take this existing acronym and reimagine it. I misspelled on the paper, sorry. Please take this acronym and reimagine it. What does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? Uh, being that October is American Pharmacist Month, uh, today's acronym is OD. OD. Nick Bruner. Calm Hi, John down. Ross. Tom, calm down, McGavern. I did get excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. Do you, do yeah, you want to, should yeah. I just name, go by last names or? Oh, man. If you call me Bruner, I'm just going to have flashbacks to like gym class in junior high school. <laughs> Bruner! So I, I prefer that you just go, uh, the esteemed Mr. Bruner. <laughs> <laughs> Bruner! Yeah, you got to yeah, run, oh run around the track. How many no push-ups? <laughs> Very good. OD, John? Is that Nick, what you're asking about? Yeah, what does OD, <laughs> OD mean to you? OD, well, uh, in, in, in the case of this month, John, uh, I figured it was the, uh, the, the, the plague of uh, oracle dysfunction. <laughs> Visions of the future getting harder and harder to interpret. Deities no longer finding the time to speak with you. Is that talking goat just a talking goat? <laughs> Ancient Greeks agree that these traits are common among those living with oracle dysfunction. <laughs> Treatments include sacrificing the largest of your oxen and hemlock. You don't have to live with inconsistencies between prophecies. Today, oracle dysfunction is a choice. <laughs> Very good, Nick Bruner. Very good. Bruner! <laughs> Bruner. Nikki B. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. Settle down. Jamie. Fernand, that is me, yes. Jamie Justine Thank you. Fernandez. Hello. Okay. Uh, what does OD mean to you? OD to me now stands for objectively dead. <laughs> okay. The objectively dead are a group of painfully unhappy individuals who, if you look at them objectively, <laughs> objectively appear dead. Their lifeless eyes and limp limbs stumble pointlessly through life, scanning your conditioner at a Walgreens checkout line, <laughs> staring at nothing in particular at a bus stop, inputting hundreds of numbers into an Excel spreadsheet. Fred Hunter, that's my character here, <laughs> uh, the founder of Objectively Dead, said he started the organization to bring together like-minded like lifelessness. I don't really care for life, he said, sitting, hands folded in his lap, <laughs> atop a pile of stark white sheets and multiple VHS copies of, the, of Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. <laughs> Great film, by the way. I don't like my family or my job or my dog or my girlfriend or TV shows or movies or music or God or Italian food or holidays or money. I wanted to find others who felt the same way. <laughs> Fred found others who were objectively dead by handing out flyers on buses or... <laughs> I lost my spot. Or, or parents of four more children at the drive-in. <laughs> he recruited at call centers, fast food restaurants, and even visited some crack houses. The number of objectively dead people in crack houses is pretty astonishing. It was a gold mine there. Since its first meeting in 2008, several members have taken their own lives, started on Lexapro, or moved to Florida, leaving Fred as the sole member. <laughs> he, conducts me he conducts meetings alone now, wrapped in a scratchy wool blanket his dead aunt gave him, eating cold, unsalted tortilla soup, and swiping from, from, and swiping from one screen to the next on his iPhone. 
never opening the app, just like going back and forth, <laughs> <laughs> but glaring relentlessly at the beam of phone light until slipping softly into sleep. Oh, very, <laughs> very good. Very good. MC Gavern, formerly mm -hmm. known. Um, what does OD mean to you? Uh, so I'm a member of a combination bodybuilding gym and Buddhist temple called Serene Gains. And uh, so what OD means to me is a mantra that we say all the time at the gym, ohm dude, uh, when I'm blasting my pecs, ohm dude, when I'm aligning my chakras, ohm dude, whether I'm shredding my lats or contemplating the nature of eternity or injecting a powerful steroid cocktail into my own ass, Ohm, dude. <laughs> Very good. Very good, McGavern. McGavern. Jesse Jones. Yeah. Why don't you do this too? Sure. OD. Might as well. I got it here. Uh, the basic meaning behind the new OD is actually almost identical to the old meaning, overdose. Um, but the new OD is actually a contractual uh, trigger added by studios to all new television and movie performer contracts. Uh, it's only just now getting noticed because of its first real high-profile execution of the OD clause seen this last week with the debut of The Connors, the show formerly known <laughs> as Roseanne. Uh, so due to Roseanne's uh, racist tweets earlier this year, uh, ABC decided to exercise the OD in Roseanne's contract, which is why upon the return of the show, her character was revealed to have died off, <laughs> revealed to have died off screen via a super topical opioid death. <laughs> now today all major film and TV actors have a standard OD stipulation built right into their new contracts. It's actually a pretty standard practice that's been used for years in the industry. Often though it's been the actors who've been able to take advantage using the dick move option <laughs> in their contracts, selfishly uh, exiting their respective shows. Like when Topher Grace pulled a dick move and made a disastrous, incomprehensible, career-killing exit from that 70s show. Dick. Disastrous. Um, <laughs> following in the footsteps of such others who have pulled the dick move, like uh, when Shelley Long left Cheers and Charlie, ex uh, Charlie Sheen actually executed the highly complex, simultaneous Dick OD when leaving Two and a Half Men. Um, other big upcoming ODs include Rick and Maggie on The Walking Dead. All this time, the real monsters they were fighting were the ones <laughs> inside themselves. <laughs> the entire cast of The Big Bang Theory. That's going to involve a time-traveling young Sheldon in Stephen Hawking's 88-mile-an-hour wheelchair. <laughs> and spoiler alert, to explain the absence of Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark in Avengers 4... Captain America is going to have to tell Thor how, so overcome with grief over the death of Peter Parker, off-screen Tony turned to the half of the OxyContin industry that survived Thanos' snap. <laughs> <laughs> and between movies suffered a tragic, contractually obligated OD. Opioid death. <laughs> very good, very good. Jesse Jones. The crowd doubled in the middle of that prompt. <laughs> Jesse, you are good at this. Oh, man. I like they walked in right when you're all, and opioid death. <laughs> opioid death. As their asses rested. <laughs> and suddenly they shot back up out of their seats <laughs> and walked backwards. Walked out 
as if Jamie said abortion. Okay, <laughs> that happened on the last show. Someone. Uh, I oh, presume. that was when those two left. Is that why she left? She seemed upset because you're. <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right. Well. Yeah. If that Yelp review shows up, then. <laughs> then we'll, we'll keep know. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, you guys ready for the next um, next part of this show? Oh God, yes. <laughs> Because it's called Topical Haiku Challenge. If you couldn't tell by the moderately racist uh, jingle. Okay. Uh, gentlemen and Jamie, <laughs> please compose three haiku in regard to the following topical story. Headline, a sex doll rental company will make a replica of your dead lover. Jade Stanley, 35, says, business is booming and now offers the first ever rental service for those looking for comfort after losing a loved one. The married mom of four said, mama four, <laughs> the married mom of four said, uh, we have a lot of people approach us who have dolls made that resemble their partner they've lost. Uh, it could be very beneficial for them and it helps them to keep a peace, peace, uh, of their loved ones. Uh, it, pr it provides them with comfort and people don't always buy the dolls for assorted reason. Uh, let's hear those haikus one at a time. The first of three, we'll go ahead and start with you. Bruna. <clears throat> Death is not the end. Let your sex head live on. Make mine the death mouth. <laughs> oh. Very good. Jamie, your first of three. I don't fuck the doll, he said, moving hair from its face. <laughs> <laughs> I make love to Jamie. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> Nick? Um, rental raised concerns. What happens with my dead wife after I'm done? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse uh, First is titled Out of my life I have a question How dead do they have to be? <laughs> <laughs> Just like Dead to me <laughs> Very good, Very good. <laughs> Nick Bruner Your second of three please so you rent sex dolls? <laughs> I have a sadness boner only you can tame. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> That's all I'm worried about, John. It was just—it was just the second and third line we got run together. We were—we were expecting there was more, but then I just didn't count. No, you're right. You're right. Fifteen. Wait play. I by can the... show my work, everybody. Oh, no, it is the math. I can like go back. Five seven five. The game is strong. We will check the haiku police. <laughs> Jamie. This one's dumb. Uh, so still, so silent. Rented woman of my dreams. Now to kill my wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a normal guy with a dead person sex doll. It's normal and cool. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, 
second sort of ties into Jamie's. Uh, it's titled Planning Ahead. <laughs> sweetie, sweetie, please. It's nothing, honest, I swear. It's just a backup. <laughs> uh, Nick, with your third of three, please. Okay, I'll slow this one down for the crowd. <laughs> I've always known that you're such a good listener. I'll comb your hair now. <laughs> Tom sits at table. Dear, are you going to eat? <laughs> Crash, face hits dinner. Jade Stanley, more like Paul Stanley of the demonic band Kiss. Scary. <laughs> Very good. Jesse Jones. End it. Yeah, my third is titled Moral Leadership. It's a slippery slope. That's what I say when I spray my doll's wife's doll tits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was uh, topical. <laughs> topical haiku challenge. Very good. Very good. Very good. That's good. Oh my God! There should be more people here for this. I Someone tell a friend. Okay. All right, this brings us to our next segment. Our next segment. Everybody. This was Today Once, the name of this segment. Bruner. Bruner. <laughs> Jesus. Mm. I'm going to grab a soda. Okay. For free. Oh. <laughs> Cutting into that birthday profit we made tonight. Probably could have... Probably could have made half of next month's rent if you'd just <laughs> kissed dad. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. So thirsty. <laughs> would you like do you, would you like something? No, I'm fine. Right. No, no, really. <laughs> this is the beverage break. Would it be weird if I kissed you? <laughs> okay. No. no, John. All right. Especially not if you make that sound. <laughs> Nick Bruner. <laughs> On this date, 2005, Saddam Hussein goes on trial in Baghdad for crimes against humanity. Uh, also on this very date, 1984, Slovak skeet shooter Danka, I'm going to try, Bartikova? Is that what? Huh? Danka Bartikova was born. Slavic skeet shooter Danka Bartikova was born. Hey, listen, we're not all on NPR, okay? We don't all <laughs> talk daily in front of millions. All right, uh, how did you choose to celebrate these two things all put together, Saddam Hussein's trial and uh, the skeet shooter? The, the same name. way I do every year, Mr. Ross, good old-fashioned market capitalism. Yes, as a red-blooded patriot, my father knew an opportunity when he saw one. During the fall of Baghdad, he told me, Son, the only way to get ahead in this world is to be indispensable to a fringe group of sportsmen. Skeet shooters, son. Slovakian skeet shooters. 
So what I did was I did this. I said I uh, I took uh, I took old Hussein's face and I printed it on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clay pigeons <laughs> because I, I mean John when <laughs> when you gave me this prompt I bet you already knew that skeet is my favorite of the three major disciplines of competitive clay pigeon shooting. <laughs> you rascal. What are the other two? No, well I don't know because I don't care. <laughs> okay, I'm just curious. In fact. I just returned from unloading my shotgun into these aforementioned discs of pottery with the hated symbol of whatever America was mad at before ISIS and MS-13. <laughs> just laying into it. Just laying it. Just, 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 just pigeon after pigeon. Just go, boom! Whatever. I didn't even care what I was avenging or celebrating. Bam! Kaplow! This is for America! And the Slovak Republic, I guess. <laughs> And if you're wondering why I haven't yet reaped the bounty from the fertile comedy soil that is Danka Bartakova, <laughs> I have. Because, as everybody in the studio audience will notice, this is now the background of my laptop. <laughs> is a woman with a shotgun, and it is the aforementioned Danka Bartakova, because she is amazing. <laughs> she is nothing. I, in the last 35 minutes, I've learned that she can shoot the shit out of a clay pigeon. I've got YouTube videos. And if you don't have some kind of link in the notes of this podcast, it is to it I will never come back because she is amazing. Sarah Connor-esque. That's what I did, John Ross. That's what I did moments before coming here to your show. Very good. Nick Bruner. Thank you for sharing that. We will put her in the notes. <laughs> Jamie Fernandez, yes. on this date, 1945, American actor John Lithgow, John Lithgow was born. Yes. Uh, also on this very date, 1982, automaker John DeLorean is arrested on cocaine charges, later to be found not guilty. Uh, How did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Uh, well, I hate these ones the most, but... Um, <laughs> John Lithgow, birthday, automaker, okay. Uh, since I was a kid, my parents always made me celebrate the birthdays of critically acclaimed television actors. It was kind of like our thing, <laughs> you know? Like going to casinos on school nights, or um, like having breakfast for dinner in the neighbor's yard. Um, when Murphy Brown turned 50, we slept behind a Walmart for three days, and we had a blast. <laughs> when David Schwimmer turned 35, we got to wear the same pair of sneakers for six years to honor him. <laughs> it seemed like there was always a B-list actor with a birthday and always a million ways to celebrate, be it butter for dessert or <laughs> birthday candles as snacks. I don't know. <laughs> but as I got older... As with anything, you realize the absurdities of certain childhood traditions. You realize how ridiculous it is to shred all of your personal identifying documents just because Ricky Lake turned 44. What? <laughs> why would you do that? You think to yourself, why am I keeping two rabid raccoons in my garage just because David Letterman hit 70 when <laughs> there are so many other reasons to do that? Now that I'm grown with kids of my own, I wanted to take things <laughs> I wanted to take things to the next level. Our celebrations aren't just going to be about birthdays, but also other notable events. If my youngest doesn't want to jump rope with a fire ring because it's John Lithgow's birthday, 
<laughs> he could do it because on this day a few years ago, automaker John DeLorean was arrested for cocaine. <laughs> we can lace our milk with 409, not just because <laughs> the third rock from the sun star is turning 57, but also because on this day in 1998, Mike Tyson got his boxing license back. <laughs> These events make the potential for celebrations endless. We can burn all our household appliances because the Dow Jones Industrial had a record drop in 2004, or put our cat to sleep because on this day in 1933, basketball was inducted into the Olympics. With pure love and tenacity, <laughs> I assess that my children will hold dear to them the days when we celebrate past events in style Sleeping in our car, eating rotted mangoes, flipping off firemen. <laughs> These memories will remain long after the physical scars have, have faded. I don't know. <laughs> very good. Very good, Jamie. Very good. <clears throat> what I love about that was uh, Thank you. literally two years ago I was on STAB, and uh, this was today once. Uh, the prompt was, uh, the United States government imposes a near total trade embargo against Cuba, Cuba that's right. which was lifted in 2015. Also on this date, American actor John Lithgow was born. So oh, what I'm asking you, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking out. right at my answer of the prompts here, and I'm like, what does Big Lithgow have on you? <laughs> oh, man. We that's must celebrate him. Right there. That's not, it's forgetfulness. <laughs> There's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental impotence. That's what, so I apologize. I've done that, I've, yeah, it's not the first time I've repeated a prompt. Yeah, he has an obsession with Patrick Swayze, too. I do. Patrick Swayze oh. comes up. Um, yeah, that has happened. I can see that. <laughs> well, Roadhouse, guys. So. <laughs> All right, uh, Nick McGavern. On this date, 1781, at Yorktown, Virginia, representatives of the British commander Lord Cornwallis hand over Cornwallis's sword and formally surrendered to George Washington at the Comte de Rochambeau. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know what C-O-M-T-E, did I say it right? Comte, 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 my Comte, Comte de Rochambeau, okay. Uh, also on this very date, 2005, American trombonist Ryan Dallas Cook died. Uh, how'd you celebrate these things all mixed up together? Okay, so um, you guys might not know this, but I am, in fact, the Rochambeau King of Dallas. Um, I flew into Sacramento for the show tonight, but earlier today, I was hanging out, as I do regularly, with some of the other members of the Dallas elite. Uh, Mark Cuban, Luka Doncic, and a guy who can eat three racks of ribs in one sitting. <laughs> so, you know, we're just sitting around, chewing our dip and breaking each other's balls like we always do. When in walks Terrence Stewart's, the number two Rochambeau player in Dallas, <laughs> our eyes beat across the room. He adjusts his bolo tie and strides over to me, his spurs jangling on the floor. I know what he wants before he even opens his mouth to challenge me to a Rochambeau duel. He thinks today is the day he'll finally take down the king. Lucas starts to protest. What's the big idea, he says. I'm trying to hang out with my best friend, Nick. I tell him it's okay. A Rochambeau player has to accept any challenge, any time. <laughs> it's our code. Now, I'm a rock man, and Stewart's is a paper man. <laughs> that makes him my natural enemy. But I'm not his natural enemy. His natural enemy would be a scissors wielder. That's basically how Rochambeau works. 
But that'll, all that doesn't mean he'll pick paper this time. So which will he pick? Rock? Paper? Scissors? The possibilities are endless. <laughs> I decide I'm not going to try to outthink him. I'm just going to throw trusty rock and let him outthink himself. We count down and throw. He throws rock as well. So we count and throw again. Another two rocks. And again, and again, and again. Three hours go by and we're still standing there, eyes locked. Neither of us have thrown anything but a rock. We count and throw again, but this time he throws paper. The one throw that can beat rock. But I also threw something different this time. I threw scissors. The gleam in his eyes quickly turns to horror. How did, he, how did you know, he says. Dad always said you were predictable, I reply. Yeah, we're brothers as well. We just have different last names. When you come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good, man. Good job. Very Nick Cage. Yeah, I've, uh, heard, I've, I've heard that before. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Very Nick Cagey. Very. All right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jesse Jones. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this. Today is Mother Teresa Day in Albania. Mm -hmm. uh, also on this very date, 1968, the Golden Gate Bridge begins charging tolls only for southbound cars. Mm -hmm. uh, how'd you celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Nobody doesn't love Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going too far out on a limb with a statement like that. Only a stupid jerk face asshole could hate Mother Teresa. And most of the time, you're not trying to court stupid jerk face asshole customers. What I'm saying is that Mother Teresa's a great brand that's just going to waste. <laughs> Which is why in celebration of these two celebration things, I announced today the opening of the first of what I hope to be many roadside Mama T's drive-through miracle shacks. <laughs> At Mama T's, we make filling your every day with minor miracles a snap. Can't find your keys? Just drive through to window number two. We've got the pants you wore last night. <laughs> Need some last minute save the day kind of rain for your crops? Or just want to win a bet with a drunk friend? It's on the dollar menu. Want a beverage with that? We've got all the blood crying statues you can carry. <laughs> Now, the bigger jobs, your remissions, your coma wake-upsies, <laughs> your spinal cord fix-em-ups and paralyzed walks-agains, <laughs> those are all on back order. We're waiting on parts. <laughs> but if you can get by for a while with improbable Super Bowl catches or something soccer, we can fix you right up. <laughs> And sure, maybe I can't exactly perform miracles. But the beauty of the miracle game is it's almost 100% based on faith. You come on into Mama T's and order a number seven, that's a C in the face of a loved one and a piece of toast or other various flatbread. <laughs> Odds are, you're going to make yourself see it somehow, and I'm a sick-ass miracle bro. <laughs> and if it doesn't come right away, that's not on me. You clearly aren't believing hard enough. <laughs> Sounds like you could use a little more faith. That's, another, that's a number 12, Job style. 
Very good, Jesse. Very good. <laughs> knowledge of the. I did look that up. Knowledge of the Bible. <laughs> uh, so come on down to Mama T's for all your quick to stop miracle needs. And for the last time today, if you come here asking for Mega Millions numbers, you can fuck right the hell off. <laughs> Very good. That was, this was, today once. Which brings us to our fourth of five segments. Uh, this next segment's called The Dating Profiles of the Fictional and or Non-Fictional You Choose. Uh, please, com- <laughs> right. please compose a dating profile based <laughs> from the perspective of the following. Nick Bruner, let's hear that dating profile from the per- perspective of fire. Fire. I'll fill this out later. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay, I'm back. <laughs> well, where to start? For starters, the screen name Fire was taken on just about every dating site, so that's why I picked Hesphestus Sofine 69. <laughs> I'm a primal force of nature. I'm older than recorded history, but all my friends tell me I look 29. <laughs> Their words, I swear. I get tired of people only liking me because I'm hot. The flame is only the visible portion of me, you guys. Dig a little deeper and you'll find a deep love of philosophy, salsa, both the food and the dance, and (laughs) lighting things on fire. I love cooking, but if I do it alone, things get out of hand a little fast. (laughs) I'm a little vain. My biggest flaw is that I'm approachable, but sometimes give people the third degree. (laughs) Turn-offs. The knobs on the stove. (laughs) Turn-ons, making you sweat. (laughs) That is the end of my dating profile. Very good. Fire. Thank you. Very good, Nick. Very good. (laughs) Jamie Fernandez. Yes. What's your dating dating profile from the perspective of ice? Ice. (laughs) Ice. The mineral ice is mine. Or the... Okay. It's a mineral. (laughs) I looked it up. I had to. All right, Ice, uh, screen name, colder than your ex. (laughs) About me. Uh, So I'm pretty much like the most chill chick you'll ever meet. Uh, Some girls say they're chill because they're like, oh, I like pizza and I drink a blue moon once a week, but I'm chill in the sense that I can literally keep your drink cold. I was born in Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> and I know some people will be like, uh, no, you've actually been a part of the earth since its existence. At one time, even dominating the entirety of it, making it impossible for any organism to survive. <laughs> and I'd just be like, look, I don't want that drama, you know? <laughs> like, so I spent most of my time just like chilling out, sometimes on land, sometimes on water, sometimes like packaged in a bag at a gas station. <laughs> I'm just like super down for whatever. Uh, This is what I'm doing with my life. Uh, So like I spend a lot of time up north just like trying not to melt. (laughs) Since (laughs) Since human beings have been destroying the planet the last few centuries, it's been a lot harder to just exist normally. But at the same time, it's kind of a good thing because it's like really just kept me like to have my shit together (laughs) all around. Uh, This is... The most private thing I'm willing to admit. This is an okay Cupid profile. The most <laughs> private thing I'm willing to admit. Okay, so 
Uh, I really don't like talking about this because I hate drama. <laughs> but people always ask me about the Titanic. They're just like, <laughs> they're just like, oh my God, why would you do that? So many people died. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it was such a long time ago. Why do you even care? Um, <laughs> but the truth is, it's like, yeah, okay. I was kind of hungover. I was text fighting with my boyfriend. I was, I was being lazy. I didn't want to drift anymore. And yes, I saw it coming. But after, like, kept getting closer, a big part of me was just like, fuck it. Like, let's do this, right? <laughs> like, me today might not have made that same decision. <laughs> but, ba <laughs> but, back <laughs> but back then, I was just like, whatever. <laughs> and if you don't want to date me because of that, then maybe find a less powerful mineral. <laughs> um, this is six things I can never do without. Uh, 32 degrees Fahrenheit, <laughs> um, naturally occurring impurities, <laughs> uh, black eyeliner, <laughs> nipple play, <laughs> the cryosphere always lit, right? <laughs> um, Wayne Gretzky is so hot and into me for a long time, so I'm just saying. Um, you should message me if... Uh, all right, first of all, fire, if you're reading this. Um, I see how many times you've looked at my profile <laughs> and, like, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, we had a thing and it was fun, but you know that every time you come near me, I melt. <laughs> you're super hot, I'll give you that, but I just can't have that kind of drama in my life. Maybe when most of me is water, we can talk again. But for now, there's just no way. I just want someone chill, you know, and rock solid, <laughs> who I can hang with for a couple billion years, not interested in anything that exists only on other planets, so don't ask. I know <laughs> maybe the idea of dating me is weird because I'm like one of the most powerful minerals on Earth or whatever, but we don't even have to talk about that. I'm just chill. Like I'll just listen to you talk about your job and your mom if that's your thing. Uh, also, Android users only. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Ice. Very good. Nick McGavern, uh, let's hear that dating profile from the perspective of a baseball fan. Hello, my name is Mike Jeans and I'm 34 years old. <laughs> There's two things you've got to know about me up top. First, I'm first and foremost a Philadelphia Phillies fan. You will never replace the Phillies in my heart. And if I hear you talking any smack about the Philly fanatic, it is over. Second, I ain't down for no gay shit, yo. All I'm looking for is a man to come over to my house, watch the Phillies game over hoagies and yinglings, and then we suck each other off a little bit. But no gay shit. Also, if my cousin Georgie sees this, remember you still owe me the 50 bucks you promised me from that time I switched into the driver's seat so you wouldn't get another DUI after you crashed your car into the zoo. <laughs> Very good. Nick McGavern. Nick McGavern. Very good. <laughs> Jesse Jones. Yeah. To the uh, dating profile from the perspective of the devil. Yeah. The devil. Uh, user, morning star, not the sausage, R-O-T-F-L. <laughs> Height, variable. Weight, rude. <laughs> Age, rude. <laughs> Smokes involuntarily. 
looking for mortals unsatisfied with their lot, or angels who like to party and disappoint <laughs> Sky Grandpa. <laughs> for good times, long-term commitment, and soul forfeiture. Let's see if I've decided on the voice for this. <laughs> My self-summary. Hi. I'm Lou. You might also know me as that muse temptress who appears to you when you cry out to the emptiness for inspiration. <laughs> or the faceless stranger with a promise equally too good to be true as too good to refuse. I'm the prince of lies. <laughs> or am I? <laughs> LOL, no, really I am. Or am I? <laughs> what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> Appearing to lost souls at their most vulnerable and in need and offering to make their wildest, most grotesque dreams a reality for a price <laughs> they're ill-equipped to fathom. And I'm trying to learn the bass guitar. I'm really good at tricking foolish mortals with skillfully worded, consequence-laden promises <laughs> of dreams fulfilled. Not that it's really difficult, LOL. <laughs> the secret hubris is folly. <laughs> First thing people notice about me. The flip-flops and, and Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> they just found out they didn't get their first choice of afterlife. No point in being all growly and brimstone right away. I usually throw a water balloon at them. It's filled with boiling pus, but it's still fun. Six things I could never do without. <laughs> My everyday around the house pitchfork. <laughs> my formal pitchfork. <laughs> my boiling pus guy. Hubris is folly. <laughs> Tone deaf musicians. <laughs> and unathletic dreamers. Favorite books, movies, shows, music, and food. Faust. Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> the devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> and anything with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <coughs> For obvious reasons. <laughs> you should message me if. You want to write two or three generational defining albums. Anything 27 is pretty old enough to live. <laughs> Very good. That was uh, a segment we call Dating Profiles of the Fictional and or Non-Fictional. I don't know. I thought I'd try that. That was good. I like that. This <laughs> was, was wonderful. That brings us to a final segment called Movie Makeup. Uh, please compose a synopsis based on the following movie titles. All titles were brought to you by WordCounter.net's random word generator. Okay, because I'm lazy <laughs> and forgetful. 
Nick Bruner, the name of the movie that we're going to hear your synopsis about is called The Plastic Cave Farmer. Plastic Cave Farmer. <coughs> From the Marvel Cinematic Universe comes Plastic Cave Farmer. A new chapter featuring a hero with the astonishing ability to... Really? I mean, I, this is where we're at now? There's been like thousands of these guys since the 1960s. And this is what we're doing? This, this is the movie now? This is what... You, you're just, really? Okay, this is the one? Okay. A new chapter. <laughs> featuring a hero with the astonishing ability to... Farm caves made of plastic. God damn it! <laughs> I am not in the habit of turning down money. But this is like, like, what the hell kind of power is this anyway? Like, I get it. Squirrel Girl. Professor X. I understand it, but how the fuck do you... In the aftermath of the Infinity Crisis, <laughs> Farmer Suggins grapples with the consequences of his choices as both a superhero and a father. As he struggles to rebalance his home life with his responsibilities as the plastic cave farmer. And those responsibilities are like what? Like not choking to death on toxic fumes from some Shanghai bullshit plastic cave factory? Oh, I'm the asshole? I'm not the one who came up with... Along the way, <laughs> he's confronted by the merciless arch nemesis hand fist with the urgent new mission. Suggins must once again put on the suit and learn to fight alongside plastic mold girl and novelty sex doll man as the team works together to uncover the secrets from the past. No, I don't care. I don't care. Don't pay me. That's fine. You guys are dicks. This movie sucks. There's no, absolutely no reason for the, to justify the existence. You milk dry, morally bankrupt. From the creators of Holistic Beggar, Polite Race History, and Wine Snakes comes... Plastic Cave Farmer. Oh shit, I kind of like those last three movies. I might go see this one after all, but like, there better be like a real tits post-credit sequence. That's all I got to say. Nick Bruner, The Plastic Cave Farmer. Jamie Fernandez. Yes, uh, can I just say? Yep. Yeah, should, if I can just Should say, you though? You can cut out. I mean, I probably shouldn't, uh -huh. but I love doing Stab, right? And I always love the prompts. But I always hate these ones the most. Yeah. Like, I hate the movie synopsis ones with, like, random words the most. Yeah. And this one, I think, in all the times I've done Stab, and I've done it quite a bit, was my least favorite I've ever had. Oh. The, I just, I, I just want to tell you that this, I hated this one the most. I sat at my computer for, like, 20 minutes, and I was like, I don't even know where to go with this. Like, who's... The word is holistic beggar. Holistic beggar. Holistic that's the name. beggar, right? So I was like, okay. Is it like a dog who begs? Is it like bums outside a holistic shop? Like, I don't know. I didn't know have so at a certain point it was like six PM. <laughs> was, was that like, point six PM? It was at a point late in the day. Yeah. And so I just put some words down on paper. Okay. <laughs> and right. that's what this is. And also, fuck you for these. Well, sure. Like, of course. Overall, like, no. Just overall, fuck you for no, these ones. I think you mean 
fuck wordcounter.net's random yeah, word generator. Cause, yeah. The on this day ones, those ones used to really piss me off, but now yeah. I'm kind of down for those ones, right? You know, you like don't now have I kind of get, show, right? like, no, I'm just saying, I love that, but it's like, I hate these ones. Like, it's just, but it's also fun because it's like, oh, writing issues, but I hated this one. I I'm with Jay. Stab panelists should unionize and rise up Can against the corporate it? overlords yes. that are running this system. I say this lovingly, honestly. I'm just telling you how what I was thinking in my head when I wrote this, which is just garbage on a page. So. Well, you were and a bad girlfriend. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. uh, hol- holistic bigger. I just started writing and just words started coming onto the page right, and right. I have no idea. Uh, Tina B was fed up with love. <laughs> That's it. Uh, After two failed marriages, three kids, and accidentally dating her first cousin, it was time for a change. One night, after a bottle and a half of wine, Tina Googles how to feel whole again and spends the rest of the night reading about the benefits of holistic products and medicines. Because that's what they are. I I can heal through incense and fish oils, she declares to no one, before selling her yogurt stand and purchasing a small holistic shop on the bad side of town. In a campy montage, Tina and her children fix up the shop and start selling bottles of vitamins and raw dog food to eager patrons. Mommy, do you feel whole again? Her middle daughter asks at bedtime. Yes, sweetie, she says, but stands motionless and pensive outside the door. The camera pans on her face. There's direction. There's, like, stage direction in this. (laughs) She still wants love. The next morning, Tina is sweeping up when the bell on the door clinks and walks in a haggard, aging alcoholic named Dev. Excuse me, he slurs. Can I have some spare change? Tina locks eyes with the rustic, handsome stranger. He smells of whiskey and rotted armpit hair. Hey, lady, he yells again. Spare change or what? Breaking the trance of attraction, she reaches into her pocket and pulls out a few quarters and her last Oxycontin. Here you are, she says, sweetie, placing her change on his filthy ripped glove. God bless, he mumbles and stumbles out the door. Before he can get too far, Tina chases him down. Wait, she says. He turns to her. His teeth are missing. She licks the space where his teeth used to be. (laughs) They embrace. (laughs) Tina realizes that love is just a matter of lowering your standards to an impossible place. (laughs) They get married. He still drinks. Very good. See, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> All right. Sacramento's number two blogger. <laughs> oh, that's as right. As voted number by two. News and Review readers. <laughs> that's number right. <laughs> Nick McGavern, the name of your uh, movie is called Polite Race History. Polite Race History. Coming in December 1918, (laughs) join an Oxford-educated race scientist Cornelius Smithley as he travels the world with his handy-dandy calipers, settling some of history's most hotly debated racial questions. Do the Irish really have an extra organ in their body that requires alcohol to function? Are the Portuguese, in fact, just Spanish people with exceptionally bad speech impediments? Gypsies, are they just a myth, or could they actually exist? 
All this and more at a Nickelodeon near you. And make sure to stay through to the post-credit scenes in which Cornelius will reveal a secret about the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Polite race history. Jesse Jones. Yeah. End this show so I can go pick up my kids this <laughs> late. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wine snakes. Wine snakes. Wine snakes. Let's see. It was Angelo Ferrarini's testimony, which was going to send Giuseppe Big Sardine Guccione away for good, effectively crippling the Guccione crime family. And it was that testimony that was sent Angelo into the witness protection program, transplanting <laughs> him from the mobbiest brownstones of the organized crime district of either New York or New Jersey. It's hard to say. <laughs> All the way to sunny, viney Napa Valley. In what is obviously an amazing and completely unpredictable coincidence, Super General, FBCIA, agent operative, tough-as-nails food critic, and volunteer veteran for, veterinarian for homeless animals, Arnold, with two A's, it seems to be an important character trait, as he mentions it every time he says his name, <laughs> Aaron Fairtruth, and his high school sweetheart, wife of 15, 11 years, just so happened to be attending a Napa wine tasting event at the exact vineyard that a certain former Ferrarini happens to work. And where at that exact four-day weekend, <laughs> some mysteriously hissing wine barrels happen to be arriving for a special tasting. And it's also coincidentally the day before Ferrarini is supposed to testify. Did we forget to mention that? Because that's really important. <laughs> Anyway, when Agent Arnold 2A's Fairtruth narrowly misses being snake stung by a glass of Pythono Noir, <laughs> he starts to think that something just might be wrong with this special wine. And when he reads the barrels and they all say they're from Venom Fang Winery, he knows there's no such thing. And he knows for sure something's wrong. Something like how the mobs tainted a bunch of barrels of wine with deadly venom snakes. And how the snakes are drunk now. And the drunk snakes are ruining the subtle notes of all the wines. <laughs> Watch as Arnold with two A's. Fairtruth loses his shirt almost immediately as he battles Chardonnaconda's <laughs> Cobra Bernay Aspignon. And, of course, a nice Riesling <laughs> to protect Angelo and bring down the mob, sort of. And don't forget that line you'll remember from the trailer. I want these Merlot fouling snakes out of this muscat fermenting vineyard. <laughs> Guys, it's like sideways meat snakes on a plane. <laughs> In case you missed that somehow. Wine snakes! Rated snakes! <laughs> See it before someone who's already seen it tells you how bad it is. Just like sideways and snakes on a plane! <laughs> and that is Stab. Uh, one more time for all the folks who saw tonight. Nick Bruner. Jamie Fernandez. Nick McGavern. And Jesse Jones. Uh, if you'd like to hear more Stabs, you know what? We're on Spotify now, so you can listen to us on Spotify uh, or come see the goddamn show every once in a while on Friday. 
at 10 o'clock here at 1710 Broadway. Uh, thanks for coming out. Have a good night. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>